Thank you for listening. A list of content warnings can be found in the episode description. Take care. Enjoy the show. Planescape Torment, the unofficial audio series. A narrative let's play adapted and produced by Revoke GM. Combining in-game audio with additional voice acting through dialogue and descriptions to improve your listening experience. Rediscover the amazing story of the 1999 cult classic isometric video game, Planescape Torment, like you've never heard before. Wooden crates and wrapped-up parcels pile into towers that line the inside of Kuatra's warehouse, and rows of dingy shelves house all kinds of goods to be shipped across Sigil and the Plains. There's a smell of sawdust in the air, and a near-constant clattering noise as chutes open and close with the arrival of new packages. You interrupt a group of tired workers as they haul their cargo onto laden carts, gesturing without patience towards the corner of the store when asked about Kuatra's whereabouts. Scampering from box to box, this short-scaled man is totally immersed in counting packages and itemizing every article. His beady eyes flicker away from his notebook only briefly as you address him, scribbling all the while. Oh, well, what is it now? Can't you see I'm busy taking inventory? Go, go bother someone else. I was told to deliver this box to you. Oh, well, why didn't you say so in the first place? Let's see what you've got for me. I'm sure it'll need to be inventoried. He leaps down from a short stepladder, adjusting the broad spectacles on the ridge of his snout. What do we have here? <laughs> no, no, please! Kuatra's expression drops from interest to a mask of horror. He clambers up onto a shelf to distance himself from the box. Oh, 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 get it away uh, from I, me! I, I don't understand. I, What's I, wrong? I said get back! Death! Evil! Had to dupe! Ma! Couldn't take it anymore! Please! Tabrascan! Take it! Lives off the ditch near Office of Vermin! Hive! Me! No! Apparently, the sight of the box is just too much for him, and he runs, screaming from the building. Wait! What am I supposed to do with the... the other workers shrug and continue their labor leaving you dumbfounded oh chief what have you gotten us into now what gives it's just a damned box you 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 could just leave it on the floor i don't know you saw the man he practically flew from the thing well on the bright side we're heading to the office of vermin and disease control anyway all right let's go there then find this Braskin, did he say? It doesn't take you long to reach the Office of Vermin and Disease Control. It's near Powers Row, and you're quite familiar with the area after Mebeth's tasks. The building itself is marked by a large symbol of a rat skull nestled in a circle of blades. Stood by the entrance is a wiry halfling, his bare chest covered in blue, woad-like paint, and perched on his head is a well-worn pink skullcap. He leans against a long pole almost three times his height, with dozens of skinned and cooked rats dangling from it. Despite his wild appearance, his eyes beam with an inviting warmth 
and he smiles as you approach him. Oi, oi, Cutter. How, how you doing there? What sort of delicious ratsy is you're interested in this fine day? He points to each in turn with a grimy fingernail. I got them baked, spiced, boiled and charred. All fresh, all scrumptious and only three coppers for two. Uh, spiced. Oh, excellent choice. You hand over your coppers and in one swift motion, he springs into the air and skewers a pair of spiced rats and places them in your hand. Enjoy, Cutter. The rat meat is aromatic and surprisingly well-seasoned, apparently marinated from peak to peak in a secret mixture of herbs and spices. It is a bit greasy, though, and rather rich, tasting of some other meat you're sure you've had before. Did you like? Mm. <laughs> Would you like another? Um, it was good, but, but I did have some questions for you. He shoulders his rat pole casually. Oh, no problem. What's your questions, Cutter? I'm looking for someone named Creedon. I'm supposed to find them around here. Oh, what, me? Why, 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 I'm Creedon, that's me. <laughs> Sometimes called Creed, the butcherer of rats. He strikes a heroic pose and smiles grandiosely, exposing a row of false golden teeth. <laughs> you, you certainly seem friendlier than most around here. Well, Cutter, I, I try. Result my business, I think. Most folk around here are a, a peery and downright unfriendly lot. But I want every cutter to know that Creedon's always got a warm smile and a piping hot fresh-cooked ratsy for him. He winks at you, then his demeanour immediately becomes more solemn. You see, things aren't so good here. Life is hard. I I I'll just say that some folk will do whatever it takes to get by, they will, without much regard to the Burks around them. Easy to get lost in the eye if it is. Lost? Uh, dead, Chief. Dead. Aye. And if I can make one Burke's day a little brighter, then I'll sleep all the better each night. Hmm. So about these rats... Oh, 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 uh, yeah, a bit of an expert in that field I am. What, what's your question, Cutter? These are cranium rats, right? Aye, Cutter. Brain vermin. Squeakers. Foul creatures they are. When you get more than a handful of little pikers together, they start to get smart on you. Sometimes real smart. They become more intelligent. Oh, sure, as I'm standing here before you, they do. If I ran across um, any more than two score of them, I'd flee from the case like that. Why? What is there to fear? Sorcery, Cutter. Sorcery. You get enough of those little fiends in a space, they gain all sorts of odd powers. Make a basher's brain pour out his ears, they will. Downright frightening. It's just wrong, I tell you. That's why Sigil's so eager to be rid of them. The bounty and all. Who pays for the rat tails? His name's Phineas T. Lort. I think he was some sort of eye up he was. He, he was put down by his rivals and stuck here in the ass end of Sigil. <clears throat> put down? Any idea where that would happen? Well, he, he's right, Chatty. He is. He, he'll rattle his bone box for hours and hours on just how smart he is and the like. Mayhap that's got something to do with it. Bore a devil out of a contract, he would. <laughs> Where do you go to catch all these rats? Oh, what, these? <laughs> he jiggles the pole, causing the skinned rats to bounce in a macabre little jig. <laughs> uh, in cellars and alleyways, about the hive, me very own home and place of business. Not in Ragpickers Square. Aye, that's a, that's a grand place for hunting it is. <laughs> What's got you poking about up in the Pickers Square, anyway? I'm looking for someone. Farad. You know him? He looks a bit surprised. Farad? Why'd a cutter be looking for a man like that? It's a long story. I, I just need to find him. <laughs> you want all sorts of chant, you do. He's a right crafty fellow, the Farad. 
If you came from Ragpicker's Square, you're looking in the right place, for sure. Nowhere else in Sigley could hide for that long. I, I, I was told you may know how to get through a portal in a large trash-packed archway up on the platforms above the square. Aye, I, 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 I know what you're speaking of, but, but I've never been through myself. There was a lass, uh, named Nels, who I saw walk through there once. I don't know how she did it, though. You, you, you can probably find her by the bridge downward of here, uh, rooting around in a pile of lumber for nails and the like. Uh, right. Nels, got it. He touches oh, your arm. Uh, I see you leaving, Cutter. But, before you go... Would you like a nice delicious ratsy? One for the road, you might say. Uh, why not? You make your way over to the furling span and see the hollow-eyed figure you'd met there the previous day, the crier of Essanen, wrapped in their dusty robes. They still emit choked sobs as they chant the dead city's name, and red tears roll down their crusted cheeks. They look to be just barely clinging to the last gasps of life. I... you have returned! I fear my time is fading. My voice is barely able to carry the name of Asanan on the wind. It, it's done. I have seen to it that Asanan's name will be remembered. It lies carved upon the morning stone, the monument outside the mortuary. A gentle breeze passes across the bridge, carrying a faint whisper, and the being's eyes dry. The lines of their face begin to smooth, and the last tear that had run down their cheek simply vanishes. Then, Asanen is served. I, I will tell my fellow criers of the stone you have described. You have my gratitude. It was nothing. I... I hope you and your kin spend the rest of your days peacefully. For just a second, the bustle of the hive comes to a halt. A collective moment of peace for the mourned city. Uh, farewell. <laughs> As you turn back to bid the crier goodbye, you see nothing but scuffs in the dirt where they had just been stood. Down on the banks below the bridge is a broad-shouldered woman shuffling amongst huge piles of timber. She kicks at the beams with iron-shod boots and every once in a while bends down and wrenches a nail from one of the boards with her bare hands. She holds each one up, appraising it, and drops it into a leather sling bag. Greetings! She straightens up, hearing your approach. From her stance and the way her hand rests close to the hilt of her weapon, you can tell she's ready for trouble. You notice one of her eyes is clouded over with a milky haze. That's close enough there, Cutter. What do you need from me? I was told if I came here, I'd find a woman rooting about in a pile of lumber by the name of Nals. Is that you? Nals nods slowly. <laughs> That's me. She pulls three nails from her sling bag, tossing them spinning into the air and catching them in her palm. And if any one of you makes a move I don't like, you'll find one of these poking to win your peepers, all right? We're not here to cause any trouble. Just some questions. She nods. <clears throat> Ask away, then. I, I was told you know about the trash-packed archway in Ragpicker Square. I need to get through. C can you help me? It's a portal, you know. Her combative stance relaxes a little. Stumbled on it quite by chance, I did. There's a small open space past the portal and a gate leading underground, but I figured no sense in just 
asking for trouble, so I just turned around and went right back. All you need is to have a handful of junk on you when you walks up to it, and you'll be able to pass right through. Uh, a, a handful of junk? Oh, just something useless. Some, something, something you'd never have need of. Uh, here, use this if you likes. She chucks a small bag of metal scrap at your feet. Odds and ends I pull from the wood that I can't sell. No sense in leaving them lying about, but that I can really do with them. Uh, thanks. Any idea what was beyond that gate? Nope. And I'd suggest you didn't try and find out. Though I can see whatever I say, that's just what you mean to do. <laughs> Anything particular I should look out for? All right, listen here. Iron Niles, they call me. I collect nails, and I sell them to a man named Ham Reese in the lower ward. And I've shoved off anyone who's tried to jump my claim since. Your, your claim? Aye, that's what I call it. Honest labor's hard to come by in the hive, and I'm not about to let some sodden piker peel me off my work. Her dead eye gleams maliciously. The hive knows. This spot is Iron Niles it does. Is that how your eye was ruined? Niles' face turns hard. None of your business, Burke. Why, would you like a matching wound for your collection? Uh, no. That particular one's not quite me. <laughs> I... And I don't think you have much room for another scar besides... Anyway, as I was saying, there ain't nothing in this hive that scares me. But no matter how tough you think you are, you don't live long if you push your business where you don't belong. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm th I think I'm beginning to learn that the hard way. You pull out the small ornate box and show it to Niles. Uh, just quickly... You, you heard of a Braskin who lives around here. I need to get this box to him. Ha! Oh, Braskin, the piking fool. Oh, blimey, you really have gotten yourself into it. Why? What do you know about this? Well, the box I don't know much, but I do know it's been going about the hive for as long as I can remember, each fool passing it to another. But Braskin, he's all right. He's got a big mouth, though, and he boasts he could be anyone in a fair fist fight, but, but he never got to face me. I'd have him on his ass in six seconds and he'd grovel at my feet. I can believe it. Where can I find him? His kip's just up top. You can almost see it from here. You tell him if he wants a real match, he can come and find me. With a smile and a wink, she continues with a scavenging. What in the name of the abyss are you doing in my house? Sorry, the, the door was open. Leave I just now, before I make you even more ugly than you already are. A huge barrel-chested equinal jumps up from his seat by a lit fireplace, his horse-like features flaring in a sudden fury. I, I, was, I, I, I was asked to deliver this box into your care. Oh, well, why didn't you say so? So, go on, hand it over, and so you can be on your way. As you present the box to Braskin, his expression changes from one of anticipation to that of amusement. Oh, whoa there, whoa! I, I, I won't fall for that trick a second time. Put that thing away and leave. I, I, I don't understand. Why won't anyone take this box? First Kuatra and now you. Did you say... Kuatra! Braskin lets out a great <laughs> bellow of laughter. <laughs> oh, wait, that's the fellow who bought the box off me! I thought he got the best of me when he bought it. I guess he figured the gem alone was worth more than the price he paid me. Yeah, poor Phil didn't realize what he'd got himself into till it was too late. Just what's so horrible about this box? You mean you really don't know about that box you're holding? Well, I guess it won't hurt for me to tell you what I know. He leans down and stokes the coals of his fire. First off, so you don't get any ideas in your head. 
The curse on that box only affects the current owner. And to be the owner of the box, you have to willingly take possession of it. <laughs> well, there goes the idea of just leaving it for someone else to find. So what's in the box? Now that is a good question. That box has been around a hive since anyone can remember. There are many rumours flying about. As you can imagine, over time, the truth has been warped a little bit further with each retelling of the story. Go on. I've heard many a story about that box, and they all seem to have a recurring theme. The name given to that foul thing is Moridor's box, and the owner of the box will die should they or anyone else open it. As to the contents, who knows? Some say it's an ancient dragon, while others say it's the evil soul of Morador himself. I cannot tell for sure, but just by looking at it, any soul can tell it's something evil, and one should have to be a fool to open it. What am I supposed to do with it? I would suggest you go see Shalandra. She lives up over on Astral Way towards Mercer's Gate. You can't miss her, Kip. It's the only building that's not infested with rot and razorvine. It was from her that I won the box. Who knows? Maybe she'll have more knowledge on what to do with it. Or, you know, you can find some other clueless bark to take it off your hands. Up to you. In a moment, he has you held firmly by the arm and ushers you back onto the street. Either way, I wish you luck, but I cannot help you anymore. Wait, wait, wait. Uh. And the door closes behind you. Shalandra's tower does indeed stand out amongst the other buildings in the hive. Where the rest are dilapidated and a patchwork of misshapen boards, hers is intact and immaculate, with long sweeping curves giving it an almost organic look. As you go to knock on the oval doorway, it dissolves into a curtain of clear liquid, and your senses are overwhelmed with the floral scent of nectar. Inside, you see a tight cylindrical hallway stretching far above your head, and every surface is lined with luscious plant life, bursts of outlandish color interspersing the verdant green with their vibrant petals. You step into the center, and a veil of leaves pulls back from a spiral staircase twisting to the upper levels of the tower. A gentle hissing follows your ascent. Celui qui protège mon affection, mes levier feuilles avec des serpents et mes descendants. Sat in a study of arcane prowess is a cross-legged woman nestled in a pile of cushions, a bubbling kettle amidst a trail of fragrant steam, and several glowing orbs dance in the air about her. Her attention remains fixed on the volatile energy scattering between her palms. Don't you know it is dangerous to interrupt a mage while they are evoking a spell? She clasps her hands together, bows her forehead, and the energy dissipates harmlessly. Luckily for you, I was only practicing. Well, what is it you want? Her eyes flash yellow when she turns to address you. Uh, apologies for the intrusion. Um, Shalandra, I presume. I come here to learn more about this box. As you go to present it... An emerald snake coils about your arm and gently relieves it from your grasp. Ah, oh, oui. I remember it well. I acquired it some time ago. What do you wish to know about it? Who did you get this from? Hmm, let me think. I don't recall their name. I remember I was down in the marketplace looking for some spell components when some Arcanaloth offered me this box. 
After a few provisionary tests, I found it to be cursed, but was intrigued by the spells woven into it, and so I purchased it anyway. Did you find anything interesting? <laughs> I get the sense from your curiosity that I'm dealing with a fellow practitioner. Her snake companion slithers beside her and weaves itself into a shawl. For many years, I studied it, tried to learn its secrets. Spell upon spell upon spell has been woven into it. To my amazement, my studies reveal that all the spells are of the type used to confine fiends. You mean there are fiends trapped within this box? No, not fiends. A fiend. And judging by the sophistication and power of these spells, it would have to be one of significant standing and power in its realm. Uh, I see. Do you know the history behind this box? Sadly, no one does. Beyond it being called Morador's Box. Now, whether Morador is the trapped fiend or the mage who trapped it, who knows? Would you like some tea? Uh, uh, uh no. Thank, thank you. Um, if you were so intrigued by the box, what made you decide to give it away? I was young and brash back then. In my relentless pursuit of knowledge, I carelessly undid one of the spells. Look closely at the hinges. It was like new when I had it. The signs of decay are an indication that the bindings are weakening. I realized I was in danger if I kept it any longer. So I held a contest to get rid of it. A contest? <laughs> it was the most expedient way to pass it off. I simply invited all the bashers in the hive to a show of brawn and skill to determine who was best. These martial types are notorious for having big muscles and not much upstairs, if you know what I mean. She winks. They came like flies to honey. I offered some coin in the box as a prize. I believe some gardener named Braskin won the contest. Is it possible to undo the spells on this box? Seeking to remove your connection to it, eh? Unfortunately, the spell that binds it to an owner is integral in keeping the fiend trapped inside. Essentially, that particular spell draws energy from the current owner and uses it to power one of the wards of confinement. That isn't the worst of it. The fiend inside can smell or sense this energy and would more than likely hunt down the person should it escape. It really is a no-win situation to own that box. Either it drains you of your energy, or the fiend within kills you. Is there any way to safely dispose of it without hurting anyone? It's possible. If you could find a way to remove the demon before opening the box, it would prevent the immediate problem. But then there's still a powerful fiend wandering the multiverse on the scent for your essence. So so what? I, I just keep this with me until the bindings break and, and hope I'm surrounded by enough powerful people to defeat the fiend when it cracks? Now there's an idea. But no. Unless you plan on staying put, as soon as you leave the hive, the wards would shatter. <laughs> what do you mean? This is what's fascinating. One of the spells bound to it anchors it in the hive, providing the first layer of the enchantment. The box has to remain here in order to maintain the spell. You can see why I was so intrigued. Well, to the hells with that! What am I supposed to do? I can't stay in the hive forever. As much as it pains me to admit, I am not sufficiently powerful enough to take on such a creature. She pauses and takes a deep breath. Now, it's been ages since I've been there but there is a ruined cathedral located in the Alley of Dangerous Angles. A priest there by the name of Aeola is an expert in all things banishment. He's Barmy. He's hoping to rebuild his congregation there in the rubble. 
But it might be he can help. <sighs> well, it doesn't look like I have any other options. Oh, don't look so down. I'm sure you'll handle it. If you do manage to open the box without being torn to pieces, I really would appreciate if you could return it to me. I'll pay handsomely, of course. One step at a time. You've been a great help. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to Planescape Torment, the unofficial audio series, a Revoca GM production. To support the show and those involved, please consider subscribing to our Patreon or donating via our Ko-fi page. Links to both are in the description.